0: Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunter's HD Gold and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Go Behind the Lens. Today, I'm sitting down with a guy who you may have saw on my Instagram, decided just to pick me up and take a picture, and it was a great experience. J.R. Crosby, how you doing, brother? Good, how about you? Well, well, I'm doing a lot better knowing that I wasn't going to die, so I didn't know where that was going at all, but um, Kenzie Fitzpatrick had introduced us, mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool because it's one of those things where I meet a lot of interesting people around the shooting sports all the time. And um, we'll get into what you do in a minute that really sparked my interest that mm-hmm. a lot of people may already know your name from, but they don't. They'll find out here in a little bit. But when did you even get started into shooting? What, what what made this interest of shooting for you? Oh, uh, Growing up hunting as a kid. Okay. Where'd you grow up at? In Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, Florida. So Sarasota. Now when you say growing up hunting
1: as a kid, how old were you? Uh, oh, my dad was taking me from just after birth, <laughs>
2: <That's> Just, <awesome. laughs> I got my
1: first gun for Christmas when I was four. Four, and my folks have got me a gun every year for Christmas. Even now, turning thirty, I was I make sure they know that they got to keep that tradition alive.
0: So. You get a gun every year, they, from Santa Claus. They,
1: from Santa Claus. I don't <laughs> care where it comes from, as long as I get one.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so, what was your first gun?
1: It was a little twenty-two cricket single okay. shot. Okay, that you had to pull back and you know load single hand and then pull back like the old like Winchester stuff yes. back in the day. And yeah. It was, so it was super safe. Yeah. Little twat, tiny thing. Okay. I still have it.
0: Do you still have it? I still have it. And what was the last gun you got your last per- last Christmas? Uh, last gun I got last
1: Christmas was one of the Thunderstruck 22 Magnums because my dad's a huge 22 Magnum guy. Yeah. And so am I. So I've got a decent collection of like some obscure stuff and 22 Magnums. And he found that thought it was cool. So it's like where, you know, it's two barrels. Right. Revolver fires two rounds at the same time. Right complete novelty item but so cool so has it cool. always
0: been 22s pretty
1: much no it's been a, a whole range of things really well, well was it's a, always hunting stuff always dad, hunting stuff okay my dad my dad's got one ar of all of his guns and he's got a ton right and uh so they're they're more guns or hunting stuff if it ain't a hunting gun then they're not interested. so cool so you went hunting when a young age started at uh, three or four i probably shot my first hog when i was five or six right and then i think i killed my first deer when i was eight Wow! So, in first gator and turkey and all probably about the same same time frame. So,
0: a gator mm-hmm. at that gator. age. Oh yeah, in a boat or at night? What did that look like? As far as how? Where, where, tell me about your first gator hunt. So, f- we would
1: usually. So, my dad ran a big uh, ranch down there, like okay. for almost forty years, and we had a lot of cattle. So back then, you could get the private lands tags where you could go in if you had one that was like a threat to the cattle. You could shoot them with a rifle. You could do whatever daytime. So, mm-hmm. my first one was we had a, little, a water hole. In an area called Vic Edwards, that had and it was one of the only for that block, and we had a good gator in it. Right, you know, probably we didn't pull them out unless they were probably nine plus, and uh, they were having the heifers were first Kevin heifers and stuff were always in that pasture, so Mm -hmm. we always watched it because they're young moms and that kind of stuff. So that one had just slid in there and we had to get it out. So we went down there and I was like, you want to shoot this one? I'm like,
0: yeah, I do. (laughs) Been hooked ever since? Ever since. So it's like, you know, there's a a, a joke for people that don't live in Florida, but uh, a Florida man. (laughs) You're pretty much the definition of a Florida man. It seems like. To the
2: key
3: from what they say. All the good and bad. All the good and bad.
0: Did you, um, gator, let's let's stay on that subject for a second. Hunting at a young age. Did you ever have any close encounters with any gators? Yeah, I got bit. Oh my gosh. Let's see
1: here. Three times. <laughs> three. So we, we had the private land sags and we would get so many from the state every year, and we were allowed to take them out. And back then you would get, you know, pretty good money for them. You could get anywhere from 15, 20 bucks to $50 a foot. So
0: that's a lot of um, money.
1: yeah, it was a lot. They would take them to a processor, they would skin them out, and they would put a the hide over like a blue light and mm-hmm. they'd grade it, grade like one through like four or something like that. Okay. Better the grade. The more you got because they like the wad heights right uh, so before everything kind of tanked on that whole business it was it was pretty popular so
0: now you said the business tanked
1: yeah they started uh i don't know if it was farms that got into it i don't really remember the logistics of mm-hmm. it the whole story behind it shipping them overseas and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but the price per foot went down okay so there was no business side to it we just started getting rid of them if they were dangerous like the cattle or right stuff like that but when we were When I was younger and we were growing up, they were, I say they were, you could make a pretty good chunk of change depending on how many tags you got from the state. I think we used to get around 80.
0: Wow. So So 80 tags at seven, nine feet average? Yeah, we used to average a little over eight.
1: eight. So we wouldn't take them out, at least least they were at least pushing eight. So you'd get some of the sevens and most were about nine foot, but then you'd get Mm -hmm. a couple, you know, over 10, 11. um, So your dad made pretty much a living off that for a while? Well, and he worked at the ranch at the same time, but that was a supplement in our income. We did the whole life when we were younger than that, even we caught hog wild hogs with uh you know, dogs or traps or however we just sell those alive. Right. Um, to like hunt preserves and stuff like that or right. high fence places. And that was always like a way on the ranch to make a side it was the side hustle
0: of the right nineties and early two thousands. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so let me go back to your one of three accidents <laughs> what happens when you get bit by an alligator what does this explain that process you don't me. listen to your dad <laughs> okay <laughs> who knows this is why
1: you
3: get bit this or, is why you get okay, bit because he knows okay, more so than you
0: structure number 1 is
3: listen yeah. to your parents before you listen do to this. your parents even though
1: I'm still gator hunting at like 14 years old <laughs> right so probably i don't know if we want to listen to him on that aspect <laughs> but when he says that gator is not dead yeah He's probably right. <laughs> oh, so you shot him. So I shot him, swam right. out. We would always just swim
0: out and get him.
3: Whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, <laughs> whoa, You're going to shoot the gator yeah. and swim with other gators to go get the gator. Pretty much. We hope there ain't other ones there. I don't understand this at all. This is way out of my comfort So sometimes. most of them float. What's bad is okay. when they
1: whirl and go down, and you got to go find them with your feet in a shallow, like pond heather, because <laughs> you weren't leaving them. We didn't shoot anything that you were going to, there was no wasting. Anything like that, so we didn't. Sh- we were. This is at fourteen. Oh, I started earlier. but yeah, I think the first time was probably around fourteen or fifteen. I was in high school or like a freshman. And
0: uh, Florida man loses leg.
1: Yeah, yeah, right on the right where I actually coincidentally have this gator tattoo now. On my on my left forearm is where. So it bit the you there. Yeah, I reached out to get him. So he was he was you know knocked out essentially from being concussed, Obviously, I right. kind of shot the high powered rifle. Right, but they got you know such a small like kill zone if you don't like sep- sever the spine or right in the brain like, right they're unbelievably tough i mean that's what they've been around since like what the dinosaurs are here so <laughs> right. i believe them so i swam out and reached out and uh his foot you know he was floating i grabbed his foot and when i did it must have jarred him and woke him up he turned around and gave me what my dad would call a love bite <laughs> love nip so he didn't it's not no. like a, it's not like a snapping turtle he wasn't letting go no he shook for a second and then pff, took off wow and i think i ran on water back to the you ran, bank you ran, like Jesus yeah <laughs> back on water I was not nearly as tough when I got back to the bank as I was when I went in the water the
0: other side of Jesus walking on the water had yeah. to do with an alligator it had to do with an alligator <laughs> it was not nearly as tough
1: when I got back to the bank as my dad's
0: laughing at me he was like cold. I told you so were you bleeding a lot? no
1: I wasn't bleeding just some okay. scratches I mean he, he okay. just grabbed and like I say he didn't have a lot of fight left thing but had enough so for, when then I had to shoot him again and go back out and get him. I was gonna say so you, you went back in and yeah, get him crying and got him. Yeah. <laughs> what crying? Because you okay. couldn't okay. cry around my dad. Okay. That would have been okay. worse than the gator bite. But uh yeah. that's how we grew up. It was that, like that. It yes. was like that. Yeah it was yeah there was no crying. No 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 no. I went at a funeral so there was no crying allowed <laughs> So, wow, and that was one time. That was the first time. Okay. Uh, second time, similar instance. Reached down, grabbed one. He wasn't. He was floated up to the bank, mm-hmm. and I was only in you know maybe shin high water. Mm-hmm. And he turned around and same thing, gave me a, a quick love nip, and then <clears throat> thrashed back off, went back down. But he he was hurt, so he couldn't stay down very long. So he just had to shoot him again, and then swim out and get him again, and just hope it went better the second time than it did the first.
0: Was what goes through somebody's mind? Educate me when you get bit once that I'm going to continue to do this because I, some people would think that just, you're lucky that you didn't lose an arm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, movies, dramatic size, everything, or, you know, just and everything All else. Right. So is it really that dangerous or is that just a, you know, or is it just like any, you know, explain what makes you say, okay, this was an accident. We just keep going.
1: It was definitely user error okay. at that time. So okay. if I had just stay like, it's dangerous because, but if you're doing a it ride, right, it's not, I mean, you saw like, we're, I mean, same thing, like you see like the the famous shows. What is it? The, um, yeah, all gator, the, data, all yeah, the oh, gator yeah. shows. Yeah. All, it was very similar yeah. to that. So you can do it safely. You right. Know? It's just, you know, it's, there's always, there's an element to it, but right. those are just two times that was, me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get them. Just being careless. And, now, when you like,
0: watch Nip. those Gator TV shows, or do you watch them because you, they're too dramatic?
1: I've seen a couple. I can't. I can't sit through the the drama
0: because it's, it's really um, that dramatic.
1: It's just too, it's too. To us, it was like we were always having fun. Right, it was, everything was lighthearted and fun. They, right. they just, and I get it. They do it for a show. And I've met some of them at like outdoor expos, yes. and hunting shows, super yeah. nice guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, my uh, dad's met a couple of me yeah, I I them. Yeah, I've met a couple know. of super so <laughs> really nice guys and they made a lot of money off us. Of, so I, ain't, I ain't, <laughs> They weren't I ain't, saying anything. I ain't dog them at all. <laughs> yeah. I would have done the same thing. But yeah, I
3: can't It's just too, too much drama. It's <laughs>
0: awesome. Much. So we're we're you're in high school. Mm-hmm. You're still hunting gators. Did you do any
1: sports or anything in high school? Oh, uh, I played uh baseball growing my grandpa played uh, for the Yankees and the Who did? My grandpa did. My mom's dad. Really? Yeah, he played for the Yankees actually in 60 and 61. So he was there with Manil and Maris in the big home run race. Did you meet those guys? Uh, I never got to meet those. I did get to well, meet. They, you, were, you were born a lot. I wasn't course. born that's here. Right, that's I did right. get to meet um, when I was really little. I got a picture with Yogi Bear, which is really cool. Did you really? Yep. And a ball and stuff signed by him. So that was awesome. Very cool. Um, so I grew up playing baseball. Were actually. you close to your grandparents
0: before? Oh, I was super close. Yep, yep. So you got to ask him all the stories about. Oh, yeah.
1: He just, he. my grandma's still alive to this yeah. day and doing great. And uh, my grandpa just passed away last year at 84 Oh, wow. So yeah, he, yeah, he was, so he's going to be, I got really lucky. He got to be a part of Sorry about you lost, yeah. but I guess you got a lot of great stories. Oh, a lot of great right? stories and stuff with him. So yeah, I got to spend a lot of time. He coached me in baseball. Really? Growing up, him, and my dad were always the coaches of our team. Right. And my mom was snipe mom. So it was, yeah, it was great.
0: Did so, you ever ask him the story about the pinstripes?
1: I heard about it when I got older so yeah. I never actually okay. asked him about that one but I yeah. asked him like about all the players yeah. what it was like and I was a huge fan of the movie 61 yeah. when I was younger okay. and I asked him like how how true is this and all that kind of good stuff right. and uh, so I got all the inside stories and um, he, he was such a nice guy though he's just like my mom like if you if you don't get along with him then you're probably the problem because <laughs> they can just get along with anybody they're so fun so right. he, had the, he loved everybody he said Mantle was great Maris was great and uh, had a great time, but he got traded midway through '61, so he did mm-hmm. not get to see the finale of Maris break the record and, right. and go through all that kind of stuff and everything.
0: So he was traded back before trading was popular then, correct? Because yeah. you know when people were on teams back in the day, they were lifers. They were, and he and he was from New York, so he was
1: right. born like in the Rochester area. Drafted right out of high school by the Yankees. Right, um, had an amazing high school career, never lost a game. Right. all four years. Um, and then pitched a short time in the minors and then came right up to the big leagues. Did a little bit of starting and a little bit of relieving. What was his
0: name? Uh, Bill Short. Bill Short.
1: Bill okay. Short. So, what
0: position did he play? He was a pitcher, left-handed oh. pitcher. Oh, wow. Yep. And that wasn't a lot of that going on back in the 60s either, was no, it? No. He, so
1: he was a lefty. You know, yeah. There was not a lot of not a lot of that right then. So wow. the game was
0: really transforming. So cool. Yeah. so cool. You did get a lot of history there. Did um, So they're in New York. How would mm-hmm. you end up in Florida? So my mom and them, when
1: he was coaching or one of the teams, he was coached for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was there in 72 when they won the World Series. Mm -hmm. Um, He was bouncing around, and they had moved to Miami just to get a more solid living area and they want to get out of the cold yeah so my grandma my mom and her siblings moved down to miami and then eventually up to sarasota where i'm from okay. and that's where my mom met my dad
0: so i was born and raised yeah they realized that they realized no state taxes let's go to florida yeah let's <laughs> go to florida yeah let's go to freedom yeah let's, awesome. run, let's run to freedom <laughs> did you ever see his um this his, um world series ring oh yeah that's cool. Oh, yeah,
1: it was awesome.
0: It That's was so awesome. cool. Big
1: diamond in the center. 1972 World Champs and Pirates. And very cool. I was, it was too. Very awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. I was and I wasn't day. boring for about 20 years. Yeah, that was a lot
0: going on. But I remember baseball when I talked about trading. You know, we didn't really know anything like the trading happened until like the 80s, late right. 80s. It all went nuts. And he was getting sold a lot. I didn't know this. He was sold a
1: couple times in his career to another team. Really? Which was interesting. He didn't know the amounts or anything back then, but he. You know, went back and forth between the minors and the bigs, injuries, mm-hmm. and in and out of teams. There was a couple times where he wasn't traded. He was just actually stripped, sold mm-hmm. to another team. Is, I just bought out his contract.
0: Now, based on having, you know, baseball in the blood and in the kind of the contacts, we'll mm-hmm. say, to get people to look at you, did you ever think about doing a professional baseball career yourself when you was younger? That was the only plan oh, growing up. Wow. I didn't play any other
1: sports. I hunted and played baseball. Okay. It was all I cared about until I got to high school. And I was doing martial arts the whole time, but that was like a, that was what I really enjoyed, but that was like a supplement to baseball. So my folks put me in that when I was super young. Did you
0: have any siblings? I had two. I had an older sister and a younger sister. Okay. So, so the only boy. Only was boy. A, martial arts, was just something to do as an organized thing So when started I started off?
1: Well, no, I was seven and I was this pudgy little kid that was not <laughs> the most well-balanced. I was back in two. My dad's like. Okay. We got to put them in something. Let's just get athleticism. Right. When you going. say
0: that, let me go. Tell you where my mind just went. I'm, I'm mm. thinking Goonies. Yeah, that would probably work. Probably <laughs> okay, work. And I'm thinking, I'm work. thinking of That's the other character on Goonies. Yeah. So was it, yeah, was it like much, that? Pretty okay. much like okay. that. <laughs> just just yeah. I, I like to put things in visuals. Yeah. Like, how can I relate to this?
3: <laughs> that, that would work. <laughs> okay. So and, you're in. You're, yeah, you're, I'm, you're, a, I'm
0: you're, a Goonie, you're, and, and it's like, and my dad and my
1: grandpa, you know, they're all they were very close. My mom's. You know, it was my mom's dad and right. grandma, but they were all very close and they were like, well, you know, we want him to play, you know, college or professional or just, just something the main thing my folks wanted was a college education. They liked the scholarship idea. So that was always okay. what they were pushing for. But, um, they're like, well, my grandpa was like, well, let's do something for his balance and flexibility that's important at a young age okay so yeah. he's like maybe karate or like dance my dad's like uh karate <laughs> this, so
0: the, my sisters are doing dance we put them right in there and they'll fit it right in and they're like my dad's like yeah we'll, we'll go with karate we'll, your dad had we'll the do final karate. say in that he, he did he's like yeah let's go with karate
1: bill that's uh, the two options <laughs>
0: nothing so wrong with, nothing yeah. wrong with dancing nothing wrong just, with it just wasn't what
1: my dad just just wasn't the thing I don't, I don't think he wanted to see me do it it wasn't the sport it was just it was probably already it was gonna be the <laughs> level of wasn't a thing dance. for the Florida man. Yeah, it was not. And I still can't dance, so <laughs> can't dance. it would have not been a good
0: career choice. That's awesome. So yeah. you did some martial arts in through high school then?
1: Yeah, I started at seven in karate and worked my way. uh went from karate and then got into wrestling and football in high school. That was the biggest thing in okay. weightlifting. And then um, started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, started doing about a little bit after I started wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, started kickboxing, started mixing in boxing, and then just continued on from there.
0: So. When you say, you know, we know there's different types of wrestling and collegiate stuff like that. Were you ever a wrestling fan? Uh, like the... Like, like WWE you, that, like the inter- entertainment wrestling. Oh growing yes. up, actually. Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge growing up. Okay. I thought it was awesome. Oh, it's still awesome today. I, oh yeah. It. It. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'll still <laughs> That's watch my guilty it. pleasure. I'll That's still watch, watch it. it. Okay. Growing up, I oh, I loved it. Because back during your days was the independence. You know, there wasn't the WD was there, but there was all these independent territories right. and stuff going on. And
1: my on dad there. was a huge wrestling fan. Nice. From like back in the day. Right. And would like travel and see like some of the legends like Dusty Rhodes. Yes. back in the day. Yep. And growing up in florida yep, all the florida
0: florida was huge for the independent yeah. side of it. that's why it's that question yeah. and he rodeoed
1: professionally so when he was rodeo and he would be like in the prca he'd be in an event and he'd go find the like a local wrestling match and he'd go watch it
0: very cool now so, your father was in rodeo yep he rodeoed
1: professionally yep. like prca he did what uh, does that mean uh that's the pro rodeo something association cowboy so, association. so not riding
0: the bull no they had bull riding in prca but, but it was like Roping and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, he team roped
1: bulldog, mm-hmm. uh, he did some saddle bronc and a little bit of bareback. Mm-hmm. Um, PRCA is like, if you think like the biggest promotion for like regular rodeo, I would say, like okay. all the different events. Like PBR is the one everybody thinks of now because bull riding is so popular, yes, it is, but PBR doesn't have anything outside of bull riding, mm-hmm. so uh, PRCA has all of it. Right. Um, team roping, rope.
0: Yep. Bull riding Bull. has changed a lot because Deep it used time. to be when we watched it growing up, you know, they didn't have all these football pads on and everything no. else.
1: And my dad knew Lane Frost and all
0: those guys. Oh, really? Tuffy, man.
1: He traveled around them and stuff. Right. So I knew all those guys. Did you,
0: get, did you ever think about doing that yourself?
1: He, they kept me off the horse growing <laughs> up for that exact reason because they didn't make anything. <laughs> okay, no money. In so it. there was no money okay. in it. Okay, He was working at the ranch. The reason he went to the ranch where he ended up at was because he could work Monday through Thursday when he started and then take off every friday saturday sunday so you rodeo so that was what drew him there initially is they worked a schedule
0: okay like that so he would travel in when they when when they when they kept you out of it did that make you want it more though uh i didn't really know the exposure so i we went to a
1: few rodeos i rode some horses there at the ranch all a little right, bit right. but i was they had me so centered on baseball that it was like right eh. and i didn't really know until older that he was keeping me out of it they were okay. like oh you can't go like okay. it was just not something he pushed me towards Amy's, and he was like yeah I you know because he's, he's all broken up he's had I don't know how many surgeries and oh, wow. stuff and all. So it was you know it's a hard life and a right. hard way to make a living but now of course they make great money so if you just <laughs> maybe gave me a shot I might have been
0: that's so better cool. off but. what position in baseball did you play I was a catcher catcher I was mainly okay. a catcher and you used the extra backstop there based, yep. on your, based on your terminology of the word pudgy yes <laughs>
1: okay yep. Yep. So they're like oh yeah here,
3: yeah the puppy <laughs> <laughs> kids are gonna be the catcher and and that's in, how it was
1: <laughs> and in football Football, I played mainly fullback in okay. high school. That oh, was my main Lord. position
0: when I got up there we had a really good team. Get the high ball year. and get it to the next first down marker to the end zone. Yeah. And
1: no matter and, what it takes, and go lead through. Lead block, leads, lead, lead, leads. That was right. all we did. And then uh, and I played all, all over defense. I kind of, you know, fullback was what I was going to, you know, if I went to college and ultimately to go and play college ball as I like, mm-hmm. took another route, but that's what I would have went for. Right. But I played up and down the D line, stood up at linebacker and just mixed in a little bit on defense. Did the scholarship thing ever happen in sports for you? Yeah, I had offers, uh, some smaller stuff for baseball, uh, quite a few for football. Okay, um, some smaller D one schools. Um, you know, I got offers to walk on at some bigger places, like right. uh I think it was like Virginia Tech and a few of the bigger places like that. Okay. Offers to walk on. Uh most people would be like, we don't need a fullback. We run a third string tight end. So right. if you you gotta play something else and play special teams, so we're not gonna give you a scholarship. Um, but there's some there's some decent um Division one schools like um, University of Ohio, I think, okay. and Charleston Southern, some of the smaller D1 schools that had some opportunities to look at. So,
0: so through the martial arts, started cutting weight mm-hmm. with that, started cutting weight, sure, in high school. Mm-hmm. And, and when did the weightlifting come in?
1: Uh, I started when I was probably 14. Oh, 14 wow. In high school, my dad okay. and them, They didn't let me lift weights when I was younger. Cause back then, there was always that terminology of, oh, you're going to mess up growth joints and all that stuff. So, okay. I started out actually doing, um, like just, you know, traditional weightlifting, like squat cleans and bench. And then I just fell in love with lifting. Okay. So, and it's, I still do
0: today. So every day. when did it click that you wanted to do, you know, more of that as far as like high as I went through high school, okay,
1: I just, like I enjoyed baseball. And then just the more I got into the wrestling, I really, really liked that. Mm-hmm. And the more, uh, you know, lifting and stuff I got into. I liked lifting. I really enjoyed football. Started liking it more than baseball, probably mm-hmm. in high school. Baseball started just trying, taking you, steps down. You
0: had a lot in the funnel. Mm-hmm. What, what came out in the end, in the senior year? Uh, MMA.
1: I went to MMA. MMA did. So I came, I always loved to train. My parents let me in the off season. It helped me stay in shape. and was good for flexibility. Mm-hmm. And I went to a couple tournaments and one was like, like a, International martial arts type festival and different things. I did some BJJ con- competitions, um, did some like continuous sparring, they called it like uh, kickboxing style, mm-hmm. and won some divisions and did well. And I get invited by a friend of mine. He's like, Hey, there's a there's like this pro am day um, up in Orlando at a gym. It's called the Jungle there. That's a real famous gym led by some UFC guys. Okay. And I'm like, What's that? And he's like, oh, you just show up, and they just evaluate
0: you, and it's a chance to get
2: a beat pro contract. Beat the shit out of you yeah, and see where you're gonna be, yeah. Beat the shit out of you and see if you
3: take
0: it. <laughs> exactly. So, it's, it's, I've heard stories like that's why I kind of knew that was where it was going. <laughs> and back then, this is when
1: you could go pro with like without a contract, without anything. Like just essentially, like, a promoter could be like, Hey, you want to oh, fight? Right. Okay. Yeah. Come on in. So there was very you know MMA was you know it was big, but nothing like it is now. So the sanctions weren't there, the licensing yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, so I go to this day, my folks have to drive me cause I hadn't even driven that far before. I think I was 17 Oh, or just turned, I just turned 18, um, going in my senior year. And I was like, can I go to this? And they're like,
0: sure. <laughs> A Florida man.
3: So yeah, they're like, fine.
1: <laughs> so, and they're like, can we go watch? I'm like, no, you got to drop me off. You can't, you can't walk me in. You're going to you, laugh at me. You,
0: oh yeah. Okay. They're going to okay. laugh at me. You got to drop okay. me
1: off. And I'm like. My, I had an uncle that was Orlando PD at the time. Okay. And my dad was a deputy you know, back at home too. So right. I'm like, go hang up with Uncle Gary <laughs> leave, and leave me be and I'll call y'all when I'm done. <laughs> just so. Him,
0: just him back from the hospital or the gym? <laughs> the gym, but I could have went to both, <laughs> either one. Tell me about your first experience walking in and it's eight, eight, 17, 18 years yeah, old. I
1: just turned 18. They let me sign. I gave him my license and they're like, okay, you don't need a. You know, adult supervision. They're like, and you had to be 18 anyway. I don't think they would even let me done it. Right. Um, and the lady's like, I'm signing it. And she's like, You're sure?
0: She actually said, Are you,
1: Pretty sure? Much like, Are you sure? And I'm like,
3: <laughs> Yeah,
1: I'm here. So, oh, might my as goodness. well. I'm like, What's the worst going to happen? I'm going to get my ass whooped. So I'm like, That's happened plenty of times <laughs> in my life or right. like, will again. So, I'm like, Let's find out. So, um, went in. There was like a bunch of guys, like all these guys warming up and all jacked looking and you know, bouncing around, and I'm like, "All
0: right, all right." Paint me a picture of where you were at physically.
1: So physically, I was in, I was good. I was kind of was pretty naturally strong. Okay. Um, Wait, were you up.
0: were you cut or were you were you, were you a shot? Uh,
1: I was probably like. Not about the same height I am now. I okay. stopped growing like 18. It was weird my height wise. I just, I was about six, a little over six one. Right. So, it's like six and one. You listen
0: you list to your parents again. You started working out at 14. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. It was their
1: fault. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they'll claim to this day because they don't listen to anything modern. Like, whatever they learn in the 70s and 80s is still true today, no matter what.
0: History. I'm just kidding. So. Oh, that's It's 100% true, though. So,
1: you've nailed it. They'll argue that probably this day. Like, oh, if you just waited you your 16, you'd probably been six three. I'm like, I, I don't think it works that way.
0: <laughs> so that's wonderful you'd have been taller so take me back you're you're you signed mm-hmm. the lady says are you sure and, much like, are you sure I'm like yeah and I'll then you look around you see all these guys around mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was cool because there were some UC guys there that like um,
1: uh, filthy Tom Waller back oh, in the day yeah. Seth who who's a Kimbo killer yep. know, knocked out Kimbo with like a jab <laughs> and they're the pros there that were training they taught the classes and uh, there was also a guy there by the name of Mike Lee who was really really good okay um, don't know if Mike ever fought in the UFC, but he was like a trainer, a coach, and a fighter. He was really great all okay. around. And back then, there wasn't a lot of like BJJ wasn't as popular, mm-hmm. and so you didn't have a lot of guys that were that good all around. So mm-hmm. these guys were, you know, were just really good fighters. And uh, so we we're they're like, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna work you out and try to break you. You're gonna do some sparring. You're gonna do some rolling. You're gonna work out again, and we'll see what happens. And they had some promoters there that were gonna like just watching essentially. Um so they gave, put us through like a hell of a workout, like their warm up. I mean, it was no way to this day. I know for a fact it was not their warm-up. They were just trying to break us. They called it a warm up, they were just trying to break us. So it's like basic um, training. A little bit of it. They just wanted they just wanted to weed out people <clears throat> before they started sparring. Yeah I think you don't want to I guess may hurt. Yeah exactly. Your guys are like, oh I'm too tired or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a way to probably a safety thing. Like, yeah, you guys get out. So mm-hmm. um, we get through with that and they Pretty much they put shin guards on and like four ounce clubs and they push in the cage and they picked out some different guys and they're like, all right, spar, and spar was just fight. Okay. So
0: no <laughs> headgear. This no headgear. No headgear. No head okay, This falls pause for a second. You made it through how many hours of training how, how, before you got to the cage. How many hours of training was it? Uh
1: it wasn't too bad. It was probably an hour, hour and a half. But it was okay, but it, it, it was an intense hour and a half it was, yeah, training.
0: Yeah, it was, it was hurt. I was hurt. And then – no, you, you're in a situation where you're fixing to walk in the cage.
1: Never it? been in a cage, by the way, Never. at this point. Never been inside of a cage. Thought it was cool things just had a cage. Well, were you anxious? Nervous? Were we, where were oh, you? Oh, I was
0: definitely nervous. Okay. Yeah, I was nervous. But, but you can't show it. No, you don't. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. inside, your body's blowing up. Yep. Um, and outside, you're trying to be cool. Trying like, to be, like, be I cool and this. calm. Be, like, and I, like you've been here before. Right. You're
1: like, do you like get like all intense like some of the guys doing? Or mm-hmm. do you just, you know, some guys stay calm? You're like you don't know how to act. Especially <laughs> never been there. So I'm like, do I act like I'm all like err, like I'm all pissed off, or do I just act like I'm like
0: calm and cool?
1: Like what do I do? Where
0: did you draw from for that for that comfort before that started? Did you draw from anything or is it all just happened so fast?
1: Okay, it was just it was so fast it was like you just just do it. Okay. And it was like just do it.
0: Okay. It's like you're here, just do it. Do you remember the first one you had or you blacked out and don't remember anything?
1: No, we, the, well, I, you know, I, I'm sure I was terrible at fighting at that point. I mean, okay. not <laughs> first a regular person, but nowhere near like what a professional is, you know, today right. the standards are so much higher, but I was big and I was strong. And I was young and I was kind of oddly quick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I always, you know, did a lot of like muscle endurance type workouts even back then. Um, so I, pre cardio mm-hmm. um, for a bigger guy. So I lasted and did well. They put us through another workout actually later Then we grappled. Um, and so then it, they let us. How long was the
0: first time? Like a minute? Oh, uh, I minutes? think they just gave us like a,
1: uh, like a five minute round. Oh, just five, five, five minute, minute round. round. Yeah. Okay. I think it was like single rounds. Okay. Stuff like that. And they weren't like full fights and then they put you in with somebody else. And, uh, but then we went to like, just kickboxing, uh, just grappling. They wanted to see, like assess all your skill sets. Um, so we did wow. like, rounds of pretty much everything, like just, just kickboxing style, all MMA in one day, style, all in one day,
3: <laughs> all in one day, all in one day.
0: Did you get what? The, they weren't doing a lot of grappling, um, submission stuff back then, were they? No, they weren't, but I was, looking, it didn't start off like that. It didn't, but
1: fortunately in my town, we actually had a little bit of BJJ. We had a couple guys that were there that mm-hmm. had had some actual legit training from, from Brazilians mm-hmm. and uh, we're pretty decent so I had a little bit of a leg up in that field I was probably better I was definitely the striking's always been my thing
3: because
1: mm-hmm. um, that's just where I think the entertainment's at Right, the jujitsu was important and I had advantage I think more in the jiu-jitsu especially at that time than I did at the right.
0: at the striking so well let's take a quick break on this one of our sponsors because I want to get into when you got into more sh- you know shooting with a pistol, not even competition yet. Mm-hmm. And then discuss more of where your, your future looks like with what you're doing in mixed martial arts. All right. All right. Good. One minute from our sponsors. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Conic Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When when you order from conigoldhemp.com. Make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. So, you made a comment earlier that I picked up on that your uncle was in law enforcement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Your dad was a deputy. He was. And you, you, so, you decided to get in law enforcement yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. I had multiple uncles that were uh, two or three that were deputies, uh, my dad included. My grandpa, my mom's uh, dad, who also played baseball, mm-hmm. was a reservist. He went through and did that and volunteered mm-hmm. and did the reserves just because he was very interested in it. Just mm-hmm. Everybody in my family was ranchers or law enforcement or both. Okay. So I had several cousins that did either corrections and some that did law enforcement. So it was a pretty common theme in
3: my family.
0: So what year was this and how old were you when you first got into that?
1: Uh, I started at 20 okay. in corrections. I was okay. quite old enough to go to the road right and uh i was eligible state statute wise but the agency was like now when you're 21 we'll we'll put you on the road right and uh and i'm going to the road shortly after that i was like 21 turned 22. Mm-hmm. so and i did a uh, patrol for year and change mm-hmm. uh, in a pretty high crime area right and uh work night shift had a blast right uh, but learned a ton um you know, it was one of those areas where they pushed stuff under the rug because it was a touristy type area nearby, but, you know, right. nothing to have. You know, there were shootings common. Uh, so I got a lot of really good law enforcement experience. Not good experience, but saw a lot of stuff. Was mm-hmm. around a lot of dope and that kind of stuff. So um,
0: Yeah, because Florida's got some areas yeah. that are pretty, you know, hard up on some of that stuff. Oh, big time. Big time. Big I mean, time. we used to um, go, USPSA National, You used to go to... Um, Frostproof a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's like a Mecca in that area. Yeah. It it's real bad. And areas.
1: our our area is weird because it's diverse to the point where like you get certain areas that are like, you know, big money areas. Mm-hmm. You know, like where I'm from, Sarasota has mm-hmm. huge, you know, tourist and beach and mm-hmm. CSTE and all these, you know, a lot of high money areas. But then there's also some areas that, you know, are so good that are more your like traditional ghetto type areas. So when you mix that, mm-hmm. you know, you get a lot of money in the area. So there's a lot of sales that are going to go because not, you know, it's not just the you know the ghetto where dopes at. It's right everywhere, right? And the you know it's you know everybody's like, oh, you know, that's where the drugs are at. Like no, they're they're everywhere. <laughs> it goes on everywhere. And the higher up you get, the more organized you get. You know, those guys aren't just going to be in just the ghetto in that little small area. It's all over. So you know, most of the violence may be tr- concentrated in that one area, mm-hmm. but it's it's all over.
0: So you're in that situation where you learned a lot about the street, mm-hmm. even more than you may have thought you knew. Mm-hmm. And then you, you you went up to a level where you started, you know, working with SWAT as well, correct?
1: Yeah, I went to our ERT team. We okay. had an ERT team there. And, ERT means? Emergency uh, Response Team. Okay, continue. So it's it was just a part-time mm-hmm. unit. A lot of great guys, though. Um, learned a lot from those guys. Um, I was lucky, too, to be kind of – raised around some of the old SWAT commanders and stuff too so i started like tactical type shooting Mm
3: -hmm. with them
1: when i was in high school like he was really cool he would actually drive me out to when they were doing sniper training when they were doing like shooting training so i got kind of like a early exposure to just shooting like for just hunting shooting to Mm -hmm. like more tactical style shooting and that's when i really got into shooting like actually just shooting to go shoot more because my dad and all of them love to shoot but they're more hunters they're not going to go they've right. never shot a competition don't really have a lot of interest in it um but that's where i was like this is just fun just to go shoot so i'd go right. all the time on the ranch growing up by myself I had my own little berm my dad built me mm-hmm. so i was always out there shooting all the time so
0: did you ever you know you didn't know about the shooting sports back then at this time correct no, no. okay I didn't know so Going through your law enforcement days, how far did you go into this? How deep did it get for you?
1: Uh, still there, okay. So um, still working, still active. Um, I just I enjoy it. I like you know having like that contribution, and something I'll you know I've got other plans to do in the future, and I'll I don't plan on walking away for any anytime soon.
0: Right. You know, Policing a, has changed so much though, hugely. And, even in my time frame. Yeah, because you know when COVID happened. You know, yes, Florida was a little bit more strict on crime, but when you're around and you're hearing about other cities that aren't getting the support of a good governor or a good mayor or anything.
1: Yeah, we have a great one. And you do. You do.
0: And, um, and you're in that situation where you see things going down. And I'm, when I talk down, I mean like going down quickly. Like, you know, you're getting dressed sometimes and you could be the next Instagram star in not a good way. You know, and that happened to me. I mean, did it really?
1: There's you can go- you can Google the articles. They're not the first one's not true. I can tell you, but okay. Um, there was one um, where they had accused me of being you know racist. I, I'd made a traffic stop on a on a vehicle because it fit the exact description, leaving area of a shooting that had just occurred. Okay, and we're giving commands for the driver to get out. We well, wouldn't get out, right? And we have a very specific vehicle very specific area at a very specific time and it was all in that in this vehicle speeding already so i already have a legal reason to stop him but right. we had plenty on the pretext because he's leaving the area and i was going to that area to check right um so it's like mm, okay this is this is not one we're just going to walk up and see because there's a good chance you know our shooters in there so we do the traffic stop you by yourself i was initially okay. and then a couple of my partners as soon as i like when i did the traffic stop i called out the description and said possibly related to the you know what was i think that then we called it like a signal 33 which is a shooting i yeah. said suspect from earlier so i had that then i most of the time i was there had really great zone partners yes and, and up in that area was such a high concentration of you know violence and more crime we had a lot of guys close in so mm-hmm. they got there quick um so when we were calling him out he wouldn't get out so we eventually pull him out at gunpoint and you know we got accused of being, you know, racist for pulling them out at gunpoint. They had
0: their cameras on, cell phone cameras and stuff like that on as well? Or was they being... Uh,
1: They started at first, and that's one of the things we were yelling. We were like, when you see your hands, like now. Right. You know, and um, we never found out if he was actually involved in the shooting, he could have been. We mm-hmm. didn't find a firearm. The shooting never really went anywhere because mm-hmm. up there, no one really wanted to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one was hit, so everybody just kind of washed it under the rug. They wouldn't help us out, so you mm-hmm. know, we kind of ran through a dead end. So we don't know if he was involved or not. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're we're accused of all this, and uh, about a couple weeks prior, there had just been a big article um because myself and literally the two same deputies that were there um, had pulled a elderly female out of a burning house okay. and got fire you know like uh my partner that was with me you know she got it was like her second day oh and man just just went right in no no care she was awesome stood right at the edge um i actually went in through a window couldn't get through the couldn't get, got through the smoke found a door but i couldn't get through the door It was too hot so i went back out the window we found a side door because the lady's daughter was there who was, this lady was elderly, her daughter was like middle-aged already. Mm-hmm. She's like, my mom's in there. We don't know where. So we're just asking her, where was she last? Cause the house is already fully engulfed. So, you know, you don't have time to clear. So we're just hoping she's in one of those. And so we finally got the side door open could see her. And I went in and got her and started dragging and we actually drug her out. And, uh, um, so I had to be transported for like, smoke, you know, carbon monoxide inhalation it was a sick, but I ended mm-hmm. up being fine. Just a few little, you know, ash marks and stuff dropped mm-hmm. on me.
0: I've bit um, bit by an alligator. I'll be all right. Yeah. I tell you what, that was the worst sore throat of my
1: life though. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And that smoke and all it was all oh, was terrible and eyes burned that, for how,
0: forever. How long did that last?
1: Uh, I don't know how long. I went in the window and wasn't there very long because like I said you could you had to get out. So I was right. in there out pretty quick. I have no idea how long. I mean, it felt like an eternity, but it was probably wow. a matter of 10 seconds. I was in there because I went through her bedroom. We thought she was there and she wasn't. Mm-hmm. what happened is she'd made it out to the hallway. And was trying to get out she'd collapse from the smoke so, so i've
0: never heard anybody tell me about a sore throat after smoke inhalation like that so that's
1: yeah it was really weird it was that's the, it was my throat was really sore you mm-hmm. know my skin was itchy and there was a few spots i was you know kind of somewhat burnt but not really mm-hmm. but it was coincidentally enough my cousin who's a fireman down there was the first fire truck on scene oh wow. so he's putting out the fire and when the adrenaline wore down, I realized how much carbon dioxide. I kind of went down. I got lightheaded and I pretty much didn't faint all the way out, but I was pretty much out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, he's like, I look over. And he's like, and there's like, you know, there's a cop with smoke on him and you're down. They started yelling like, you know, because they were working on giving her CPR, a couple of the other people mm-hmm. who had already gotten out of the house. And they're like, oh, no, like he's he's down like someone because I walked. So they were like, oh, he's fine. They weren't really paying attention. Someone yeah, it was him. And he didn't know it was me mm-hmm. uh, until later. Until <laughs> so they were like, that's the one the fireman came over. They're like, that was your,
0: that was your cousin.
1: So it was, wow. you know, it was pretty small world. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is, but it's a lot of, a yeah. lot of support there.
1: Yeah. um But that, that, you know, so we got praise for that though. Yeah. We got a great article and uh, cause it was a black female elderly mm-hmm. that we pulled out. Right. And uh, so our, you know, our sheriff and our, and our colonel and stuff at the time were, were your traditional, like, you know, pretty good Southern sheriffs. They had your back on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and. So they just sent that article to the newspaper, who wrote this like you know, fluff piece about you know they just <laughs> this poor guy they just made it like it was a you know it was a traffic stop, possible suspect right. and how he was you know all this stuff and they're like these are the same deputies by the way you yeah know, that got burnt out and all that were on the road so you might want to might want to check your facts before you go they print pu- anymore, they so. published that as well. I mean, they didn't publish a. They didn't publish a follow up. No, Same. of course they never, never, never do. They never,
0: never do. do. Never but did. they
1: shut up about it. There was. Def- there wasn't even an internal,
0: you know, investigation. There's so, so many things happening because of social media and stuff like that. Have you ever been in a situation where you've pulled over the quote unquote sovereign citizen? Yes. Yes. You know, besides gritting your teeth and biting your tongue off, what is that like <laughs> as a police officer that runs across? that because you, cause i see it from you we watch the videos on tiktok and everything yeah. else and it's like these people are or something mentally wrong in my yeah, opinion it's it, 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 just my opinion it, it's a mental health but but issue. What, what, do you, what do you how do you do that what kind of you know because i know there's training about it
1: but the, what happens? the safety is the biggest thing yeah i mean most of them i mean there's been a lot of law enforcement shot and or killed by these traffic stops mm-hmm. you know there's some famous videos of it um you know you try to just like not erupt it, and I was a lot better at that, you know, later in my career. Of course, I went in the detective bureau pretty quick, so mm-hmm. I wasn't in the patrol side very fast. But the few times that I was in those traffic stops, and so we had another one here lately, um, at my agency that we were helping out, another, um, that was similar to that. And it was the first time I'd seen that in years when we were talking about it, but it was mm-hmm. like you just kind of try to keep it calm because there, there's you're not going to win that argument, you're not going to convince them in five minutes that their okay. beliefs are probably so you, just, you try to keep it calm. And you do the best you can, you know, if you got it, you know, if they won't roll down the window, they won't comply. You got to make them comply. You just, you got to get more units there, do as safe as you can. but You got to make them comply one way or another. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, Oh no, you know, see it. You know, cause we've seen, like we had one that, uh, you know, didn't have a tag. Okay. You know, and he said, you know, I didn't, you know, he's like, I don't adhere to your laws. So mm-hmm. you can't enforce them on me. We're like, yes, we can.
0: <laughs> it, when that first happens, do you have that moment of like, Oh, oh god here we yeah, go yeah yeah you're
3: <laughs> you're confused you're yeah. like
0: what do you mean I'm okay like, what <laughs> you're like
1: oh man that's like this is real because you, you see you see you get some training about it yeah. and when it was, it was really to, big when, when it i was in patrol you. right. there were some high profile shootings and stuff that happened when i was in patrol so we got some
0: training on it mm-hmm. but you're like oh
1: man like seriously
0: this <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just want to go I'm I'm not dealing with this today.
2: I'm yeah,
1: going, I'm yeah, going
3: back I, to the car. You, you want? You just like this? Just isn't <laughs> this isn't worth like? i isn't worth. To, the I'm tag. trying to make it
1: to Chick Fil A. <laughs> before they close you had to fly by me speeding without a tag without a tag in a car that looks like it's already been in like three accidents I don't know what's going on I have to stop you now I'm not getting my spicy chicken sandwich so now I've got to adhere to like Wawa or something and that's just
2: just wrecks your
1: evening in patrol that's that was always my force I'm obsessed with food so everybody that was me I'm no, like that's, Damn. A great,
0: that's a great description of what it wanted to hear what it was like oh, yeah. so that's so great Crap, man <laughs> here we go oh wow well you know when did you you know you're shooting you know you're, you're training in your backyard mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of things what what how did you find out about competitive shooting we finally get to that after about 44 minutes of the show. <laughs> so, but that's how my, my shows run
2: sometimes yeah
1: so i got some really good friends that i uh was grappling with the okay soon stuff with okay that were finally uh one of them is uh les pepperoni's real name is this ridiculous hungarian name that nobody can pronounce <laughs> so we call him pepperoni but he's the man <laughs> right um he's a uh he's a gm in production he's an idpa national champion so he's the man okay uh when it comes to shooting so he just invited me to like a local match one time right and uh i had shot some three-gun local that with another uh, friend of mine who was also an ert and but we always just done three gun because we could transition. Oh, so you did work. three gun before. Yeah, so I did three gun. That was my okay. love, and that was probably honestly what I was
0: best at. Yeah. Um Yeah, you're 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 just I can see that just the the movement and everything and, and the transitions yeah. with three yeah. different three different guns. That was yeah, that was my
1: fun. When you went on the best with a rifle, that's more that's probably my best. When platform. you
0: first went to your first three gun match and you know it's a competition. Mm-hmm. Your situation wasn't, you weren't nervous at all by the word competition, were you? No,
1: you were, you're still nervous though, because it's like, okay, it's like an unknown. Okay. Now I don't think I get as nervous as bad because no mm-hmm. one's shooting back at you. So <laughs> yes, I try sir. to enjoy it. I mean, it's still nerves. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why we have rules. Exactly. Because <laughs> I have to follow those. Like, <laughs> you're here at Nationals and it's, you still have some nerves, right? But, um, but it's, it's, it's good for you. You know, it's stress yeah. inoculation, it's on the clock. Um, you know, so Les invited me and all these guys are just, fantastic shooters and i'm like i need to learn how to shoot like these guys okay um you know because i had pretty much been winning like you know agency stuff and shootings and i'm like man i got it you know i got it going on and then go shoot with these guys and you're like no you don't (laughs) like these are the these are your premier like you know like gms and USPSA are right. you know, pretty much your best action pistol shooters in the world. Right now, it's right. The biggest organization. So when you see that next level, it just exposes you. So that's why mm-hmm. I want to shoot so I could get better. Mm-hmm. And then as I started shooting, getting more into it, getting comp guns, and them more and trying to get, and it's just increased all my, you know, my shooting, even my tactical shooting, tenfold. Right. You know, some tactical guys don't want to shoot. Competition Mm -hmm. and it's more of a, it's unfortunately, but I think it's more of an ego thing.
0: And that's why I brought that up because, you know, you know how much more competition shooting has made you as a person having to defend. The public.
1: Oh, dress yeah, drastically dress better. everything, you know, there's some things like we have to keep we have to keep a 180. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna move different, we're gonna run by some targets. So mm-hmm. there's a few things, but like ninety percent of it, you know, you're drawing, you're shooting, you're under stress inoculation, multiple targets, reloading on the move, shooting on the move, shooting from awkward position, the ports. Mm-hmm. This is all real world applicable. And, you know, they don't wanna go and have a guy that's, you know, maybe not in the best shape that has worked at Bank of America the last 20 years, just smoke them on a course. Or, right. You know, you know, you see some, you see some of these like juniors out here. They're awesome. Amazing, so, isn't Amazing. It? So, you you just, you know, you should want to go there and learn. I don't think mm-hmm. that's everybody's attitude, had to, unfortunately, but it's been mine. And then now that I've progressed up, even the USPSA, mm-hmm. it's made my, you know, I say my tactical shooting that much better.
0: Did you, when you went from IDPA, three gun IDPA, and then the USPSA, was it a, big difference for you uh you know i think usbsa is faster
1: okay and you know it's and it definitely seems like a lot of your you know you're just crazy fast guys and Mm -hmm. you know your gms and stuff are are here but three gun has the same and a lot of people shoot both and now you got Mm -hmm. a lot of crossover between idpa and usbsa like you have like like les i mentioned earlier he's got a national championship in idpa he's also Mm -hmm. a gm here right so uh not a huge anymore but usbsa is um just got kind of a lot is you know all those organizations have great i mm-hmm. don't care which one just do, do one of them
0: are you able to get any other of your um friends that you you know work with to come shoot yeah there's definitely a lot of guys more as all of them is timing yeah and sometimes aren't
1: huge like i'm a gun nut collecting mm-hmm. shooting anything i can do on them i want them to be do doing gun. that's my hobby so right. all the guys aren't like that You're right so you know if they work seven 12-hour shifts out of two weeks and maybe an overtime shift, they just maybe just don't want to. Right. Especially there's guys that are trying to get jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and jujitsu is probably one of the first things you recommend too because you're going to, you know, you're much more likely to go hands on. Mm-hmm. So it's probably more. So there's a lot of guys that are trying to get better, that spend more time doing jujitsu than they do competition shooting. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, if, if you're doing it on your own dime, right. We're not, you know, law enforcement's not getting paid very well.
0: Right. So no, that, I get that too. Um, have you done any training with any instructors in the shooting room?
1: Oh yeah. I've done a bunch, uh, a lot of different guys. My favorite's probably uh, been my friend, uh, Dave Benton Boone. Um, he's one of the you know, CIA contractors from Benghazi. Mm-hmm. Um, just super, super humble guy. Um, you know, he's been through Benghazi years in the military mm-hmm. years as a CIA contractor. Um, he he was one of my instructors and, um, yeah, he's, and I've went to his class and, you know, like I say spent my whole time mm-hmm. and money going to his class cause, uh, Really, really like his. He's humble. He asks questions, even to students, mm-hmm. and that's why he's so good at it. But right. he's also for the defensive mindset. He's also like a, he's got his black belt BJJ too, so he's very yeah. well diverse. Because um that's one of the big things in the like the defensive world. He's got guys that can really shoot, but like, what's their background? Mm-hmm. You know, military, law enforcement. You, know, you can be a great instructor having never shot a round defending yourself, but as you're getting higher, a lot of those guys like him just know little nuances that military law enforcement might pick up on that someone right. who's never used around to defend themselves may and same thing with like if you don't train jiu-jitsu or any kind of hand-to-hand stuff
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you're like you know you self-defense instructor, you're really not because you're much more likely to go hands-on different things happen mm-hmm. with a gun especially close quarters so i i like going to guys like him who have mm-hmm. are very well diverse and will blend jiu-jitsu tactical shooting he shot some competition and mm-hmm. he blends all of it and meshes it all together so very i cool. think that's the best instructors
0: what's your goals for the shooting sports
1: uh definitely gm here next okay. and what do you what, so, what division are you shooting in uh shooting an a
0: right now uh, class a, I what, a. What, what, what kind of gun you shoot what division
1: uh i'm shooting a little bit of everything i'm okay. shooting uh some uh, unclassified most mm-hmm. um so i gotta spend some more time shooting competition which i have this you shoot year, open or limited, nice. this shooting limited this limited? weekend okay limited this weekend but uh pcc is probably my best is With a rifle, right? Um, but I want to get better at all of them. I'll eventually go to open, but I like shooting what I carry, right? Um, so the gun that I shoot in competition is either the exact same gun or an identical gun, just like for shooting forty this weekend. (sighs) Suppose a nine that I carry
0: every day. That brings a great question because you're shooting the gun that you like to carry. Did you have an issue with the equipment? When, when when you first came over? like Yeah, because uh, that's a big thing a lot of people talk about because we want, you know, there's divisions for this, divisions for that, rules for this, rules mm-hmm. for that. And so many people f- just want to shoot what they got and use what equipment they got right. without having to invest Like, What did that look like for you?
1: I think you can, like, you can take any of the GMs out here and talk about, oh, they have race guns, this and that, or mm-hmm. any of the, even, even a really, you know, even A-class shooters here, B-class, in, any of our shooters, great shooters in mm-hmm. all the divisions. And they can take a stock you know, GLOT 19 or a, you know a three hundred something dollar entry level striker fire it still shoot phenomenal. Right. So, but they kind of get the, the capabilities where they can outshoot that gun maybe a little bit. So I think that's so I started off just shooting my GLOT 19 mm-hmm. that I carried for a backup and at work and uh loved it and then just started shooting some other stuff and kind of got to the twenty eleven platform oh, and realized nice. I'm like okay, yeah, this is the single action trigger. And, <laughs> you know, if you take care of them and you get training on it, they're utterly reliable too. So I've right. now switched to like all my carry guns, all my work guns are all 2011 platform. Are they really? Platform. Mm-hmm. Good deal. So that's why I like shooting limited right. or two gun or productions. I shoot the exact same gun that I, that I carry.
0: And while you're doing all this, you're still moving forward with your MMA career. MMA and my PhD, or, or my doctorate. What? So, doing both. Why did so, we not talk about this earlier? Doctor did it's what? Not, it's
1: not as sexy. No, you, it's you, sexy you, as hell. Yeah, it you, means you got you brains too. Yeah. What the hell? Well, some, because it's in criminal justice. It's not It's not microbiology. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get it. But still, <laughs> that's a lot of schooling. Yeah, I did my bachelor's criminal justice. Um First one in I found a family go and graduate college. It was a big deal. I and just assumed
0: we talked about college. You dropped out and went and shot things. I so didn't, know, I didn't I th- know you went in there. I thought about it. <laughs> I didn't know. No reason I stayed in college, no, believe boy. it or not. <laughs> Florida man's got brains. <laughs> believe it or not, the college
1: came up because of MMA. I was either okay. doing military or law okay. enforcement. I wanted to keep doing MMA. I loved it and invest and train. Okay. And I'm like, if I go in the military at six, eight years, maybe I'll do it later, but I'll just go be a cop. And I can still do MMA and all, the, and all that. So I went okay. to college. Because of that. Right. And I did my bachelor's and I'm like, man, I want to go work, um, you know, advance my law enforcement career. Okay. So I took a stab at a master's. Well, everybody's telling me they're like, hey, you know, you need to be diverse. We're going to teach you legal. We're going to teach you all this kind of stuff. So if you want to work your way up, you know, whether it's federal, you know, local as you're progressing up through the chain of command, whatever, it might be a good idea to device- diversify a little bit. So I went into business. So I did my MBA. Okay. So did that. Um, got my MBA, and I was that was like 2018. I was done. I'm like, all right, I'm set, done. I got my master's, I'm good, and then just like this bug, and it was like, you know, I'm like, I had this idea where I'm like, you know, what am I gonna do? When I get older, what if Mm -hmm. I get hurt? When I retire, when my body's beat up, Mm -hmm. um, because I I've treated like an amusement park my entire life. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, and I and I did. Pretty well in college, much better. than I never did in high school. Like, I wasn't okay. a great high school student. Mm-hmm. Never a great student. I was just okay. My folks stayed on me, but I didn't like school. You know, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. So All I right. study, and I wasn't a great student until they put me in a place, um, a higher like education school for my last two years, my senior, junior, senior high school. Right, and it just it was a like a very advanced like guaranteed college something depends, switched. yeah. And something switched, and I learned a lot. It's called um, actually added to work out of and I'm actually I'll still go over there and sub. And really, oh, really? Like, just as part of my doctorate and getting some hours and stuff. So yeah, yeah I'm still. It's a great school, and the education unreal. And okay. it was just absurd to me because like my junior year, I was in there with like freshmen,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm like, what? Like I'm in like we're freshmen and all. I'm like, why? Well, it was because I was behind because mm-hmm. they were so advanced. Um, so that really helped me jump into where my bachelor's was pretty easy Mm -hmm. the master's was difficult i didn't have business experience but i figured it out and then i was like you know i can get part of my college paid for i can get some scholarships and some Mm -hmm. grants and some law enforcement stuff and agencies that will pay for part of it and i'm like ah the hell then i'll give it a shot so i went back and applied for my doctorate and got accepted and started that a couple years ago wow so that's awesome yeah got to 2024, everything goes well. I should be finished up with that. And so where do you beginning. see
0: yourself going in the law enforcement side with all that education?
1: Uh, I like the training side, Either okay. private or or public. Um, you know, like public service stuff. But definitely the training side. My dissertation is on law enforcement training. Okay, And I'm going to incorporate all my personal background because I mm-hmm. kind of credit. You know, I've got some great training in law enforcement. There's been some great instructors, but I think generally across the base, everything's about budgeting mm-hmm. and 90 something percent of our officers and deputies or it don't get enough training mm-hmm. and it's not their fault right and the training officers haven't got enough training so it's not their fault either mm-hmm. so it's just like a bad cycle and everybody's trying to just cover and be short-staffed almost every agency is right. always short-staffed
0: well there's lots of matches in florida so maybe you have to make it part of your curriculum but you have to go to a match on a and do it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. That way you get them into That'd the shooting great. sports. <laughs> yeah, I get them in the shooting sports. That's like, be, part of your, you know, part of your process this training course, we're gonna do live competition.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, something and like get that. Yeah.
0: That'd be kind of cool. So a
1: training company <laughs> encompassing all of it one day is mm-hmm. definitely a possibility. Right. Um uh, now. But yeah, like I say, it's one of those things I'm like, I'll figure out what I'm gonna do with right. it. Right. So. But you're still fighting. Still fighting.
0: Still fighting. And you you've done some stuff pretty, you know. Like regular as far as TV and stuff like that as well. Yeah, know?
1: I I just got really lucky. Honestly, I was kind of more out of it for a while because okay. I doing my master's, um, you know, law enforcement school. You got so
0: much going on. I'm yeah. still amazed.
1: Stuff on a lot of stuff on my plate. Yeah, and um, you know, I was like, you know, it's just it was hard to keep up with and different things. And then finally, um, some of my friends that I met through one of my jiu-jitsu schools down there mm-hmm. um, offered me to come up and train in Orlando um pretty much as a punching bag for for Jock Ray Souza, for Ronaldo <laughs> Souza so oh my gosh. He, uh they're like I'm like I'm like yeah I like you know I get there's professional MMA and you you're supposed to be good and all that but I'm like that's another level man okay I mean this is Jock Souza. he's probably in my opinion I believe he's won ADCC, no-gi, and IBJJF Worlds in a gi. So mm-hmm. there's not – I don't know if there's anybody else or not many people who have done that. So he's one of the best grapplers, if not the best overall right. no-gi and gi grappler that could have ever lived. And he's also got plenty of knockouts. He's got super heavy hands. Trust me, I've been on the receiving end of them. him. <laughs> and, have uh, you ever been knocked out? Not cold, cold. Uh Like my last fight, I got my hand broke. Uh, Could not block this big, giant, strong dude that was on top of me. So – I was definitely stunned pretty good. I was never out. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever been choked out? I have been choked out multiple times. Oh,
0: now let me ask so. you a question. Because I I, I see it a lot. It's, it's like what you see more in matches finished now more than anything. What is it like when you wake up from being choked S- out?
1: Super lightheaded is okay. typically what I feel like. Or you don't know what just happened because you're choked out and you're trying to fight through. And I'm... Been choked enough that I'm pretty comfortable there, and I'm <laughs> trying to get that position.
2: So, that's
1: not, that's not which is not a good hear. thing. That's which is not what you want to hear. No, it's not, not, not. So, but it's true. And you're like probably too comfortable when someone's got you deep, and you're yeah. like, and you, I'm all about tapping. I okay. hate guys I, that, that don't want to tap. I was going to ask that question. I hate that. That's okay. the Dumbest mentality ever. Uh, if you're caught, like, you're caught. I, I don't tap. Like well, you're stupid. Okay. <laughs> like you're there. You're there to learn, right? And and progress. And you're never going to do that. And if you're not going with guys who can tap you once in a while then you right. need to find better guys to go with so you can learn something okay um so fortunately i got plenty of guys around me that black belt or not they are stupendously good grapplers right some are better than me and a gi some are a little bit better than no gi right so you can there's ways to improve um some are really good heel hookers some are really good different mm-hmm. stuff so you can always have stuff to work uh, no matter how good you get and uh but yeah so we're going up there with jacaray and uh they brought in some brazilian guys and uh, my coach, Kaka Lima, who you got to look up, the guy's a madman. Um, he runs our gym down there in Sarasota. We have Shooter Box in Sarasota. Shooter Box is the original gym, one of the original old-school MMA gyms right. out of Brazil. Right, uh, Charles Le Bronx, and a lot of the big UFC guys still train at the gym wow. in Brazil. So, mm-hmm. you know, Wanderlei Silva, a lot of heroes have trained there and mm-hmm. legends in the MMA world. So my coach luckily had trained there, had fought professionally out of there. So he's an amazing mm-hmm. coach um fist stripe black belt bjj great muay thai the whole deal so mm-hmm. i just got lucky and met these guys and i didn't really have a lot of training around me that was that high a level mm-hmm. so when you get around that high level it just makes you better and so i got up there with jacaray um you know was getting the crap beat of me but was giving him my all <laughs> and then one day they're like yeah you know you can spar and i just you know went the entire time and um you know took some mates took some big licks I remember a front kick he hit me with. I thought my spine was out of my body. Um, (laughs) Like, I was like, I was just like, like he knocked the wind out of me on my feet i didn't know that was possible (laughs) and i'm like i can't breathe right now (laughs) but i was like it was such a cool opportunity And i was a fan of his i'd watched him on tv right um you know for years that was like they can kill me i don't care like i'm just gonna keep training (laughs) and i made it all the way through and you know coach justaki who's from brazil was there just there to train him Mm -hmm. for that last fight and that was Ray's last ufc fight where his arm shoulder popped out of his face and um so it was so cool being a part of that, and like, you know. And they they call me, which is why they call me. That's why more than Aquaman name came from because okay. none of these guys could speak very good English, <laughs> and I just had tattoos, long hair. So they started calling me Aquaman. And yeah. then when you hang out with them, and they're kind of a close knit group, and they let a gringo hang out with them, they know you're crazy. So that's where right. Loco Aquaman came from. Okay um just because another guy speak they think people think there's some kind of like cool name and my buddy's like oh yeah it's because you you know you got con cardio and drag people to deep water it was right. not it was because the brazilian guys could not speak english hardly right they just nicknamed me that <laughs> um so we were we were training you know with him and after they're like hey man you know you did really well you know we can get you some fights so i took the first fight i took a while back in 5 years was pretty big show um got a first round knockout on that wow and then got some you know some other better offers and mm-hmm um you know jumped to and broke my hand the last fight so just got healed up from that
3: And no, when just you break your hand in
0: a situation like that you know who pays for that
1: so that that's where school so i have my own private insurance obviously because i'm okay. not gonna even if i'm part-time whatever i'm gonna keep doing law enforcement i've got other goals and stuff in mind right and i just like the, the service of it i kind of don't feel like i'm Contributing like I could be. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. God gives everybody some set of skills. Yeah. And my skill sets fit best for that. So that's how I want to contribute. That's what I can think. Everybody can, if they look, they can contribute some way. Right. If not, they're just not looking hard enough. That's right. Everybody's got a skill set. So that's mine. So I, I get the fulfillment out of that. I don't want to walk away. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, so I broke it, used the private insurance. You and then, broke it, and and hitting somebody. Very first punch. Wow. Very, he kind of ducked his head. And, um, you know, we knew most guys I'm going to go against, I'm more of a striker. So most guys are going to try and pin me up against the cage, take away the striking um, and, you know, try to put me on my back. Because no matter how good your jiu-jitsu is, you know, if you're on your back in MMA, you're probably not in good shape. Mm-hmm. You know, what level of jiu-jitsu are you? Uh, so I, just got, I restarted at white belt, even okay. though I'd earned a black belt when I was younger. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to be a, a true and my, my buddy, uh, Clay uh, Lion, who owns a gym down there. Uh, in sarasota is mm-hmm. a super high level black belt mm-hmm. and he convinced me he's like hey you know you need to start wearing a gi because that's true jujitsu." so i did and my brazilian coach did the same thing so i started all back at white belt wow we're back up to brown um i'm getting got to wear the black belt but we're going to do like a cool ceremony because um the shooter box is always a big ceremony mm-hmm. um so my coach told me that we're going to either wait till we can do it in brazil or do something big so we're going to oh, do something wow. cool with it so congratulations still, yeah i appreciate it. so i'm still waiting on that but there's yeah. He's never given an American a black belt,
0: no I'm um, out of
1: that gym. So um, you're the first one. That's yeah, that's our sort of first one. So he just wants to make it a big, a, you know, a big deal. He's, right. he's explained so. So
0: take me back to taking your right hand, mm-hmm. putting it on somebody's body, mm-hmm. and realizing this is not good.
1: So if you told me
0: before this fight,
1: hey, you're gonna break your hand, i have been like, I can fight through that the broken stuff. It's whatever. <laughs> that as soon as I hit him on the top of the head, I heard mm-hmm. a crunch and I felt it and I just remember thinking like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, F, like my arm, like just, I couldn't use it and I was throwing stuff, trying to, but my, my hand. hand was straight and, um, because
0: that effect. happened to Deontay Water in the fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge boxing fan as well. Yeah,
1: but mine, so mine, that's a scar from right here. Mine yeah. broke and severed and then was okay. poking up through oh, the top of the skin. Very nice picture. So, yeah, it was not <laughs> quite a compound, but it was right. close. <laughs> right. So it took five screws and a plate to get it back together, right, um and uh, it was it was a nasty one, and it actually started like causing my shoulder. It felt like my shoulder was kind of going mm-hmm. out. It was almost like numbness going to my arm um couldn't really defend against the cage i, I had like I went for a Kimura, I remember one time, and I remember i tr- I grabbed my own wrist, I couldn't grab oh. so I was like trying to like do a Kimura with like a backward tear I, was trying did, to referee? I did, the, did the
0: official know what was going on. He didn't until later. Okay. Um, so this, this is round one. This is round one. The very, yeah, first, very punch, first punch, he kind of ducks his head
1: and hit him right on the top part of the head. He's right. a big, strong guy. Yeah. Um, right on top of the head and the crown. and just must have hit it just perfect. Just did, he, did he pick up on it? No, he didn't pick up on it until, okay. I don't think, maybe until
0: later. Um, no one really knew. Later in the second round or later in the round? In the, later in the first round. Okay, later in the first round. Yeah, they ended
1: <laughs> in the first round. He got me down. I finally got back up, and I was like trying to throw kicks and knees, but like, my hand was, it was done. I was just trying to figure out anything I could. So um I don't, you know, normally would do a takedown on somebody unless, mm-hmm. you know, it's they a really, really, really good striker and right. I'm trying to, you know, use my JIT. So yeah, yeah I went for a, a takedown. He got on top of me. There was, I was just like, ding, 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 ding. And I'm sitting there like, and the ref's like, defend. And I'm like, I'm trying, but I can't get my arm up and this arm's hooked. So I'm mm-hmm. sitting there, ding, ding. And I'm just kind of looking at him. And he's like, what is he doing? Cause he asked me after, he's like, Are you good. And I'm like, I'm like, I think my shoulder's out. And I'm like, my hands broke. And I don't know about my shoulder. He's like, now you say he's like, and they yelled at me after. He's like, "Hey, you're you're a professional now. You need to like, you know, you have a career. You need, to, you know, that stuff happens, right? You know, you you just need to, you know, need to take. There's there's no pride here. There's not right. enough, you know. We're all tied to fight something like that. Right. A ton of money. It's one yeah. thing, but yeah, I just didn't have that mentality. I was not I wasn't just going to be like, oh, my hands broke. So down. how long did so, that take you out of the ring? uh
0: four months four months. Did you think you didn't want to do it anymore after that?
1: No, I knew I wanted to, I wanted to get back in there right away. I had not <laughs> okay. lost. I've been bit by an alligator. I'll yeah. do it again. Yeah. If you get hit again, I'm yeah. going again. <laughs> you know, had,
0: a Florida man. <laughs> I, I, had, I hadn't I had lost since I was like
1: a, you know, oh a yeah, lot younger go, as a kid oh, until that time. That was your first loss? So, yeah, that was the first one that I'd had a long time Yeah, know, amateur and all that stuff coming up for a while. So it fired me up because I was like, man, that wasn't me. Kind of wow. like if you shoot a bad stage out here and yeah. Nationals you get mics, you're like, man, yeah. that's not me. I want to come back and redo it. So okay. um no, I wanted to get I want to get back in there as soon as possible. So now it's here and clear we're already on look for another so fight. what is your so, record?
0: So we would have to go back we well, well just you know I guess lately based on your amateur records. so,
1: uh, so Oh boy, we had to go back and.
0: Look. Oh, we're professional, don't you know? You <laughs> yeah, know that look. was a. That but was, you only lost a couple of matches then.
1: Yeah, so. I lost that one. as yeah, that was my first. Yeah, I took that loss as a pro, so I need to get back back on the winning side now. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. And you know, this game it's advanced so much. You, you know, know, MMA. Yes. Um. Everybody's so you know, there's guys who have strengths and stuff, but mm-hmm.
2: like,
1: golly, like everybody's got really good muay thai and mm-hmm. at least really good jiu jitsu or really really good jiu jitsu and pretty good muay thai and boxing and.
0: How many um, matches have you been in that you can recall? Do you, you have any kind of number there? Uh,
1: between amateur and pro, if I take out like the content, the, the sparring tournaments. Yes. So those were yeah. like, just,
0: you get a hit and it's like,
1: you know, point. It was like the karate kid back in the day. Right. But those aren't very, you know, they can be, but there's not a lot of injuries or violence in them. Right. So, uh, somewhere, uh, and take out the jiu-jitsu matches because there's dozens and dozens of jiu-jitsu right. matches, but, uh, probably MMA fights, uh, somewhere around 12.
0: Oh, wow. 12. Something okay. like that. And you've got an opportunity so, coming up. Yeah. And that was something that sparked my interest earlier. Yeah. So yeah, UFC contenders. Today. Yeah. You just, talk to talked to him
1: today. I talked to him just the other day. Okay. My coach did. We put we went on the phone with um, you know, one of our managers, um, mm-hmm. who has a really good end with them. he's like, Hey, we know you got lost last time and there broke the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. You kept fighting, it was stupid, but it shows <laughs> you know, you are in the name the local Aquaman. Right. Um, so let's get you back straight. Let's get
0: you down to two oh five.
3: Um,
1: because everybody uh, you know, Everybody in MMA
0: anymore is huge. That's funny you said 205 because so, when I met you and he said, this is it, I got to get a picture. And he said, You want me to pick you up? I was yeah. like, Dude, I'm like 238. He goes, Well, so am I. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm over 240, but I'm <laughs> yeah. 205 the next fight. Really? So you t- you got to cut weight that much?
1: Yeah, I'll try to probably get in the lo- in the 230s and I'll cut to 205. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I've, I've fought 205 as an amateur before too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I can make that cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just there's a lot less heavyweights. Mm-hmm. And you know, I felt comfortable this way. I felt strong. Like right. I still probably weight wise, but that weight's hard to hard to deal with, man. If someone's got thirty something pounds on you, like right. if you. If you walk in, you haven't cut weight and weigh two forty two, and the other mm-hmm. dude's cut weight to make two sixty five. Mm-hmm. You know, or walks around two seventy something. He's in shape. You know, he's barely under two sixty five and three inches taller than you. That's a lot of weight to deal with, no matter how strong you are. So, right. you know, definitely this level, the the light heavyweights, the.
0: So That's UFC contenders, me. you're going to Vegas. That's the plan. Holy cow. That's the plan. Are you, so you excited? Nervous? Super
1: excited. Super excited. Nervous.
0: So, oh, yeah, definitely nervous.
1: But <laughs> such a it, because you,
0: it, this, this is where you're gonna get the, the chance to. This is what well, it's like a training ground to see if you're ready for yeah, the, yeah. The, the big show.
1: Yeah, to step up, you know. Like I said, I've been fortunate to train with some of the you know best guys in the world so i know what it's like um mm-hmm. uh, you know going there and, and that type of opportunity that they're you know we're talking about is is a big one so mm-hmm. i just gotta get my hand back together um gotta go show that the hand's fine mm-hmm. and prove myself with another uh, another fighter too i got left in my contract so mm-hmm. we get these wins you look good everything's good we're gonna we're gonna go out there and and uh he's like i'll you know i'll give you your shot so i'm like uh he was real good with the matchmakers out there and, and mm-hmm. the guy's tied in he's got several guys in Bellator and several in the UFC. And, right. Um, that kind of stuff. So he's like, yeah, I'm impressed. And I'll, I'll, I'll promise you that. And yeah. I'm you getting your contract. So, and those guys get free money. So they're not going to put anything in your contract. They can't get you. So. Right. And you're 30. Just turned 30. How
0: many more years can you do this? You know, I mean,
1: you got guys now. They're in their early 40s. I mean, Jacare's in his 40s. Yeah. I mean, his body's beat up. Um, there's a guy I'm a big fan of named Bobby Maximus. That okay has been out of MMA for like 12 years. He's a mm-hmm. fitness guy more mm-hmm. or less, but also a former cop, uh, you know, single dad got a really cool story. He's got a great, you know, fitness book. He's went back and fought at the UFC mm-hmm. um, on the show on the ultimate fighter at like 42 mm-hmm. years old. And I mean, he lost, but he did phenomenal.
0: So you want to do um, this for a while, as long as you can, body's going to allow it.
1: Yeah. See how the long the body allows it, mm-hmm. see where life goes. Um, if I get that opportunity to get somewhere like the you know UFC, Bellator, PFL, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know those can age you real quick. Like too, mm-hmm. those guys are you know any MMA fight can, but those fights definitely can. So mm-hmm. they'll definitely probably be step by step basis. Wow, you know? and then just go from there and see what happens.
0: You know, because uh, entertainment wrestling is pulling out of a lot of those. Mm-hmm. That's where they're getting some of their their um yeah their work from, from now. Ronda,
1: Cain Velasquez. Yeah. Do, know,
0: do, do, if somebody ever about. approached you about doing the entertainment side of wrestling. Would you consider that
1: for the money? Those guys make absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's where I was going. Okay. All I'm thinking is like, well, there's a ranch in Colorado where I can hunt <laughs> for every fall and yeah. get elk tags, private state tags. So <laughs> exactly. I can hunt elk every year without going in the draws. So, right. Uh, yeah, you'd be, be crazy not to do that amount of money. You can do so much for you know, yourself and family. I'm just curious. Yeah. I kind was of curious
0: if that's so. something every, you know, oh, yeah,
1: I'm, I would, yeah. You understand. have an
0: agent that works around that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, we have an MMA manager that okay. I use through my coach. Okay. Um, I, Fully, I don't, you know, managers are managers, mm-hmm. um, but my coach I fully trust. So, and he's been around the game a lot longer. He was Charles Bronx's like first actual MMA coach. Charles oh, wow. was up and coming. Mm-hmm. He, you know, trained the same gym as mm-hmm. Wannerly Silva and all these guys and jocker I mean, the guy's coaching jocker Souza. So, mm-hmm. if you're getting, if you're getting literally being asked by Jockray Souza, can you come help me with MMA mm-hmm. and Jiu-Jitsu? That's all I need to know. (laughs) Are you
0: watching the shows when they come on TV on on pay per views all the time to see what's going on in the industry? Or do you kind of stay out of it till you get there? Because you I like doing it. Okay. Uh, I'll watch some of my friends. I'll
1: try Mm -hmm. to watch to learn, but it's kind of since it's more, it's a profession now. Yes, I know. That's uh, why I asked that question. I don't have it as much as the entertainment. I watch more HDTV. Than mm-hmm. uh, that, probably believe it or not, in the cooking channel,
0: and I probably do. <laughs> UFC. Are you a cook? What's that? Are I you try cook? to be. I try to be.
1: Nice. I try to be nice. So I try to be. So
0: <laughs> you and, got so. When me. you live by yourself, <laughs> a, I'm doing I'm, doing. I've, I've met a lot of people, and they've got little. You know, they got a small funnel with a lot of stuff, in it. your funnel is huge. You're doing so much. I got and a short attention span. I got to bounce and around, and it's and like oh, that's all, all my excuse. Let me pull this out this week and do yeah. this. <laughs> and you made time for
1: USPSA Nationals. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll here next weekend for shooting shoot PCC. Or shooting production. Shooting production. I'm going to be one of those weirdos to shoot production. Okay. So That's I'm going to focus out. on PCC. Well, the people, next say, people years. say, you
0: know, I've heard people say that you shoot PCC, you're cheating anyway. Yeah, but, exactly. But you said you like rifle.
1: I do. So. And I'm going to shoot it probably the next couple of years pretty hardcore, especially <laughs> the way the matches are laid out. <laughs> right like PCCs with open next year. I don't shoot open. Right. So that makes it a good opportunity to spend the year. So right. um this year, I've just been shooting my Kerrigan a lot. So I'm like, oh, I'll just
0: I'll shoot some production. So you just took a couple of weeks off in the Force?
1: No, I'm going back and, uh, Doing a couple of days, uh, <laughs> believe it or not,
0: and uh, it's a long drive. Yeah, it is. But, I've, driven, I've, driven, uh, I've driven a lot. It's <laughs> also hunting season,
1: so yeah. I gotta conserve my time. I can be away, right? Um, and it's not too bad of a drive. So I shoot right. up here, shoot back, shoot back up, shoot back down. And and we have to make some
0: something. time for December. I'm, I've got a hunt planned I at, already, at Triple Forks. I, I've already
1: made, a okay. plan for that. When okay. You said hunting. Yeah, it's I'm already in. Yeah. I'll figure out a way. That's so, so
0: cool. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, man. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today, yeah, no because problem. when I, when Kenzie introduced me to you and I was like going, oh, this guy's huge. And I was like, <laughs> he, he does, does fighting. I was like, oh, I've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> and to be able to sit down with you today to be able to fulfill that, you know mission of mine to be able to talk to you about this yeah. kind of stuff. Thank you so
1: much. I love, hey, yeah, I love you. Thanks for letting me use the glasses too. I'm pretty sure I got a couple other al- extra alphas I wouldn't have got with that oh. bright sun. <laughs> nice. Nice. Those things adjust and I'm like, this is amazing.
3: Well, I appreciate I'm like, it.
1: yeah, this, I'm like right in the sun. I'm used to using like the old ballistic glasses and, mm-hmm.
0: I've done expensive. a lot by meeting um by doing demo days. I've met a lot of nice people because of that. Uh-huh. And just to meet people that do my guilty pleasures on the side uh-huh. weekends when I'm not at matches or during yeah. the week, it's pretty cool to meet somebody like you and what you're into. Well,
1: even my Instagram, even though it's not like nothing like some of my buddies are right. you know six and seven eight figure followers, right. like I don't do anything that don't put up anything that I don't really right. actually like, like even if you know the money. I've always said like, if I get lucky and get these opportunities, right? Still got to be stuff that, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, sell out. What is your so, Instagram
0: so people can find you?
1: Uh, just JR Crosby, dot Crosby, J.R. and then Crosby, Crosby O S B Y. Sweet. Yeah, should pop right up. You're on Instagram posted, so. and
0: everything else, huh? Just Instagram. Just Instagram. I never
1: okay. had it until I got more serious about MMA a okay. few years ago. Because that's part and of it. you got to have a storyline. You do. And you want to try and get sponsors. You know, you and, think it's not You, you think
0: know. it's not like WWE, but UFC wants that storyline just as well.
1: Yeah. And I was on a student stipend, you know, for a while in between. So, I pretty much took the year off to focus that first year of my doctorate. So, mm-hmm. the sponsorship money was very helpful very of doing cool. that. So, very I needed, cool. to, needed to learn that. So, I don't have anything else just just Instagram.
0: So for the next 10, I always ask people what's next for you, but it looks like you got, you go, you got your doctorate, you got training, you got the, the force, you got this MMA career UFC thing that may just bloom into something. Yeah. yeah. Does it, you know, that could be, that could turn into a big money thing. Couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I could. I mean, I would like it to, wow. I've got passions for all of it, but I enjoy doing all of it. And, uh, you know, I don't have one that I like so much better than the other that mm-hmm. I would take away. I kind of enjoy all of it. So I'm like, you only live once. I'm how do you handle do a disappointment
0: if something doesn't work out?
1: Uh I've when I was younger I took it really hard. I was like a win or nothing type. Mm-hmm. And now with MMA and shooting, you know, you, you know that how good like when, once you get to the the highest points like you know nationals or USPSA is like the highest of pistol shooting if mm-hmm. you like So you get to be around that, mm-hmm. you get to, get to MMA, you get to be around UFC and Bellator guys and all mm-hmm. these PFL guys that are just incredible. You see how good everybody is mm-hmm. and it, you know mma is like uspsa like you know one you know one charlie instead of alpha at a 25 yard swinger could be in, in two seconds on this stage and mm-hmm. one charlie on this stage and oh this mixed in you know can, is the difference of like nationals or like 10th place mm-hmm. and mma can be the difference of being a world champ or never getting off the prelims i mean just these little nuances so mm-hmm. now if i fail I to try to learn from it because i know how good you have to be now that i know my world's been expanded.
0: Well you've got a so, great attitude. And, yeah. when, and, and, and like I said, I'm, I posted when I posted the picture you picking me out. So I don't think I've been picked up since I was a child.
1: <laughs> so it was really I had <laughs> got biceps in. So now, I told you you, you, told you helped me, me out on that. He said
3: you haven't worked out. Yeah I day. did I did
1: burpees and push-ups and all yesterday <laughs> and then I was asked to do some stuff today. So I'm like, what am I going to squeeze a workout in? I usually lift twice a day so I'm like I'm, I, I need to work out. I got to have my cow cal- I need you know so I can eat later. I don't have to starve myself and so, keep my weight down. So, so, the first, so the first thanks <laughs> for that yeah the first hour Take
0: a picture with me. I'm going to lift them yeah, up. <laughs> I'm going to get some power building bicep work in. So that was awesome. <laughs> that is wonderful. Okay. That is wonderful. Anything else you'd like to discuss? We haven't talked about, no, no. man, been great. Yeah. JR. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if you have any questions for JR and you don't reach out to him on Instagram, if you don't have an Instagram account, feel, feel free to email me at info at hunters, I'll make sure to get them to JR and follow him on Instagram at J.R.crosby. dot R Crosby. And um, until next time. We'll see you at the range soon. Thanks, JR.